listening to The Moving Project. Bonjour, bonjour. Welcome back to The Moving Project. We're really happy to have you today with Gina. Gina, that is uh, Asian origin. And uh, we're talking about province of British Columbia, the beautiful province of British Columbia. I love British Columbia. Gina, welcome on the show. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor to be able to work alongside you and to be able to, you know, learn more about these programs. I'm very happy that you learn about those programs. Talk to me a little bit about British Columbia. Why British Columbia is so popular with new immigrants? British Columbia is like an amazing province, um, not only because it is the the third largest province in Canada after Ontario and Quebec, but also because of the Vancouver's the cultural communities and diversity, especially, um, just like you said, uh, the Asian community and also like how we explained it in the last episode. Also, not only there's a big population, actually of 4.7 million, including 2.5 million in Vancouver. And speaking so- of the cities... Um, I know that you did your JD in University of Victoria. Could you please talk to us about it more? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm really happy to talk about it. And it's important because people often believe that Vancouver is the capital of the province, but it's not. Actually, some people believe Vancouver is the capital of Canada, which is quite funny. But what's the capital of Canada, Gina? Ottawa. Yes, this is where you're based as well. Um, No, so Vancouver... And Victoria. Victoria is the capital of, uh, of British Columbia. It's also the city where there's University of Victoria, which is a very big university for Canada. Great place to be a student. And Victoria is on the island of Vancouver, which is not Vancouver. It's a two hours boat ride. It's a ferry to get there or a seaplane to get there. So the capital of Col- British Columbia is actually on an island off in the Pacific. And Vancouver is on the Pacific side as well and uh, offers a beautiful view of the Rockies. And it's interesting that you mentioned that because it's a very big province with a huge amount of unlivable spaces. You know, uh, we cannot live in the middle of the Rockies. Um, and there's a big concentration of people living in Vancouver. We're talking about 2.5 million, maybe half a million living in, in Victoria. So we would look at 3 million people living in big cities and those two big cities and the rest is in rural area. And it's going to be important because of the programs that are available. Um, Tell me more about British Columbia economy. Yes, British Columbia is a well-known place to do business. It's very dynamic and very competitive. We will get into that more when we're going to explain about the programs that are offered in British Columbia. But let's talk about more of the industries that are in British Columbia. What industries are flourishing, actually? I don't know if you heard about it, but the Olympic Games were held in Vancouver in 2010. Yes, absolutely. And um, you have Whistler as well. It's the Winter Olympic. It's important to mention it. Canada has received the Olympic multiple times, actually. And especially for Winter Olympic, we had the Olympic in Calgary, which is Alberta. And we had the Olympic in in Vancouver, including Whistler, which is only two hours from Vancouver. One of the best ski resorts in the world, uh, it must be mentioned. More than 200 ski hills. It's a huge glacier where skiing, and I'm a skier myself. So that's why I have, I'm a big fan of Whistler. I think it's an amazing place to do ski. Beautiful mountain, beautiful ski area. 
And it's only two hours from Vancouver. So for the sport people out there, for people that like outdoors, Vancouver is just an amazing place where you can do kayaking on the ocean and ski in the mountains at the same time. So by, by any standard, a beautiful, beautiful space to live. What else there is that uh, attracts businesses and, and industries? Yeah, before going into the other industries, I think what you brought up was very interesting because people often, when they decide to immigrate Canada, especially the entrepreneurs, they always think about you know, their business and they tend to forget about to live their own life and to experience the beauty of Canada. I think it was very nice that you brought that up. So yeah, there's also other industries in um, in British Columbia, just like the large film industry. I don't know if you guys heard about it, but Supernatural, X-Files, Dark Angels, Smallville, Once Upon a Time, they were all filmed in British Columbia. And then and, and you, you, you often see in movies, in those different series, um, space that are located in Vancouver, by the architectures of this of the downtown, it's a place where it's easy to do. And because the Canadian dollar, and this is something we don't talk enough during this podcast, and generally speaking, when we talk about Canadian immigration, the Canadian dollars is about 20-25% cheaper than the US dollars. So a lot of the Hollywood business came to Canada, Vancouver being a big destination, but also Montreal, Toronto receives a huge amount of the film industry in Canada. Just because the dollars, you have more for your dollars. So big industries there and uh, big proud for Vancouver people uh, to have those shows being filmed in their city. Yeah. And I think you mentioned how big the city were and how beautiful it was. I think it's also important to talk about the real estate market in Vancouver, how it's booming. Could you please elaborate on that? Yeah, I know that's a thank you. And then I think it's important. And the Chinese community, which is a community that I know very well in terms of immigration, because I spent 18 years of my life in China. And it's very important to mention that the curve of the real estate in Vancouver followed a similar curve than the real estate in mainland China. So as we saw real estate investment happening in mainland China, price of properties going up, we saw Vancouver price going up as well. And it was very interesting. It's one of the only cities that really had a very correlative economic boom in the real estates than China because Chinese people love real estate. They love investing in real estates. And this was a real, real impact on the Vancouver real estate market. And that created also and pushed the federal government and the provincial government to get together with some measures to cool down the market a little bit to a certain extent with success um, because the price of the properties were becoming unaccessible for local people. And that created a lot of anger against immigrants. And those measures have worked. The market has since stabilized a little bit. It keeps being a very active market, but it has stabilized a little bit. So it's important to mention that Vancouver remains a strong real estate market. A lot of people use real estate to park their money and, and that creates pressure on the price of properties to go up. There was an article recently in the Ottawa Citizen where the Bank of Canada is giving warning. There's a report by the Bank of Canada where there's a warning and Vancouver used to be always at the top of overeating market. And now we see Montreal being more in danger of a real estate crash or Toronto to a certain extent become more at risk as well. And Vancouver being more stable. So we can see that those measures have worked. 
even though I believe they are discriminatory, I don't think um, it's fair to have those measure because it's limit. I'm a big, big fan of open market. So if the market wants to buy property in Vancouver, we should let it happen. But I know there's a lot of people out there that disagree with that statement um, because it's working. The forest industry and the mining industry, it's also two big industries in British Columbia, but I cannot talk about British Columbia without talking about agriculture. What is very famous about agriculture in, in British Columbia, Gina? There's actually the famous Okanagan Valley. And what do they produce there? Wine, fruits, vegetable, amazing piece of land with arable land. What is a bit dramatic at the moment of recording this podcast, there's natural disaster and climate change seems to be affecting British Columbia more strongly than other places in Canada. Very dramatic, very dramatic flooding at the moment. Last summer for two years in a row, crazy heat wave, crazy forest fire, which is amplifying also the problems with the problem of, of flooding this, this fall. So we see that uh, climate change is really affecting British Columbia and could affect the migration aspect of it in the future. Now that we talked about this and we're talking about Okanagan Valley, which is one of the regional, popular regional place in, in British Columbia, I want to talk about the first program, the first entrepreneur program, which is called Entrepreneur Immigration Regional Pilot Program. What this program is all about? Yes, this program is in collaboration with regional communities, just like how it is said in its name. So this pilot aims to attract entrepreneurs to participating regional communities to establish new businesses that align with the economic development of these priority communities. So you have a list of communities all over the province. It's very important to mention it. And um, those communities are trying to attract new immigrants to start their business. Of course, we have different requirements, huh, uh, Gina? Um, what would be the main requirements of the Entrepreneur Regional Immigration Pilot Program, in your view? I think because this is an entrepreneur um, immigration program, so I think it would be very important to talk about the personal network that is at least $300,000. And also the fact that... No, 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 no. You got that wrong. It's not the personal net worth. Someone that owns $300,000 of net asset is nothing, nothing, Gina. You own a house in Vancouver and you're, you're going to have three times, four times, five times that value of net worth. The most important aspect of this program is that you have the intent to reside in the community that support this program. You need to find those small town with 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 people and convince them that your business makes sense and you intend to go there and you intend to manage the business. <laughs> you cannot hire someone there to run your restaurant or to run your, your factory. You need to go to those community, tell them that you're coming, tell them that you're gonna do a business, what is your business, and why it's going to have an economic impact and why you're going to create jobs there. This is very important. The net worth, the age, the experience, anybody that wants to run a business, they need business experience. They need business experience, three years minimum. But it's not the most important part. It's not about having an university degree or, or even it's so not important to have a degree that they replace it. If you have more than three years experience as a business owner, um, 
sorry, if you have five years of business experience, they're going to waive your obligation to have an university degree, right? This program is really about attracting businesses, business creator, economic developer to the region and be able to have an economic impact. So that's very important. Even the English level is very low, only four, four CLB. So all the requirements are very low. What they want is people that will go to those regions and start a business. Now we have a systems, the government have created systems to identify the business that are needed in those regionals so people can have an idea of which business is appropriate and which business is not wanted. Um, so there's a, a code system called NACE, and people should go there and, and look if their, their business idea is qualified for the business. Um, and of course, at Frontier Immigration, um, the sponsor of this podcast, we would be happy to help you and, and identify businesses that are making sense in those regions. Um, how much percentage of the business do you need to own in those communities? At least 51%. You need to have the control. You need to have the control. They want the entrepreneur to have the control. They don't want local people to go around and start businesses and the entrepreneur would only have 5 or 10%. They really want the entrepreneur to have it. And then you have two big requirements within 610 days of your arrival, of your arriving in BC. You need to make $100,000 investment. Within 420 days, you need to create at least one job. So two requirements, very important about investing within 600 days and creating a job within 400 days. So the government clearly understand that it's going to take time because it's a regional place. You might want some time to establish your family, know about the community, get the business started. And then after that, really launching the business uh, and making your investment, creating the job. So that's very important. And what's the steps? Yes. Yeah, so the first step will be to do a self-assessment to see if you do meet the requirements. And the second will be to do a exploratory visit to the communities in which you intend to establish a business in British yeah. Columbia before actually making a request of a referral from that community. So it is very important that you actually have a relationship and then you build that relationship with the community that you intend to live in. You got it. You got it. And that's so important. You, you, you're 100% right about this. You need to build a relationship. Like you said, this is why this program is actually for people, in my view, that are based in Vancouver, that are based in British Columbia, that knows British Columbia already, and made those trips, those road trips to those smaller communities and are willing to move there to create the business. And after that, you're going to make a, a submission. And when do you start the business, Gina? You start the business after the submission, actually, in which you have attached all um, the required documents and that it has been accepted by the British Columbia officers. Yeah. So that's not a that that's not a, a program that goes very quickly. Huh? You need to go there, explore, find the business you want to do, find the community, get sponsored by them, submit it, and then you start your business and then you get nominated. So you do all those steps hoping to be nominated. So it's important. There's a lot of steps to be done before the nomination. So there's a big risk in this program. That's why I'm always saying be aware out there. If you have immigration companies selling you this magic program of immigration, 
it's not easy. There's steps to be done and they want to see your face. You're going to need to have access to British Columbia. Coming to British Columbia after all those steps, it's an illusion. This is not the way it works. And this is what the website is promoting. But I'm telling you in real life, this is not the way it is supposed to be done. Um, there's a reverse engineering aspect of it that is very, very important. This program is open, right, Gina? Yes, it is. Excellent. I want to talk for a few minutes about a program that is on the website of the government, but is closed at the moment. And there's a very big reasons why it's closed. What's the name of this program? It is called the Entrepreneur Immigration Based Category Program. And I'll have a story for you about this program, Gina. Um, this program was actually created at the end of the 2000 years, and it was created to attract people to come and do business, like all the other entrepreneur PNP around Canada. But it was so popular that some agent, some unscrupulous agent, went to small communities like Nanaimo and they they more like more or less hijacked the entire business qualified for the program and they signed agreements to sell those businesses to new immigrants. And you had agents that was going here in China. I, I saw that a lot and I've seen a lot of scandal and, and people getting their ripped off of their money by those agents that came to China with ties to British Columbia and selling the business, asking for a down payment, often $20,000, $30,000, $50,000 down payment. And then going back to Canada and then applying for immigration and really well knowing that this program would take for years. And then when the client were refused, they would not refund those deposits. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of unscrupulous agents have taken advantage of that entrepreneur-based program in PNP. And I, I really highlight this and it's important to know that. And when I saw all those scandals, I went myself with my team. We went to British Columbia and look if there was some business, we could meet some businesses to see if we could sell those businesses to candidate that really qualify for the program. But we realized that it was very difficult. And there was already a lot of people that have secured agreements with those businesses. And of course, a lot of people use those programs for many years, but the backlog becomes so big that there was too many files and it was not possible to process them all. So they suspended this program since. It's only took $200,000 and 33% as a requirement. Very, very low requirements. I always tell people, increase the bar. Don't lower the bar. And the bar was too low for this program. And that's why so many people got um, disappointed by the programs. Um, but also a lot of people took advantage of it at early stage. So that's good. And... What's the solutions of the province to that program that was a somehow a failure or created too much enthusiasm in the immigration community? There's another program that still exists, still open, that businesses can use to come to British Columbia. And what's the name of this program, Gina? This program is called the Strategic Projects Category Program. So it's really for freight companies and tend to establish a subsidiary or a branch office in British Columbia that's strategically aligned with their core businesses. This program is not really an immigration program. This is really an economic development program. A lot of businesses were attracted by, the by British Columbia economic development, and they use immigration popularity to attract business development. So they would go and promote the fact that big corporations, big companies could come to Vancouver 
and open a branch of their company that was already successful abroad. And because of that, the company eligibility requirements is really based on the good financial standing. They need to demonstrate that they will invest money and they need to show, and this is very important, demonstrate significant economic benefit for the province. And the team at BCPNP will be able to choose the best project, project, the most economic development project that will have an impact on creating jobs and creating a stronger economy, creating tax payment as well. What type of staff in those businesses are eligible to come to to BC and do immigration? It will be really senior executives, like really important um, key roles, like CEOs, CFOs. Yeah, we're talking about high level employees um, that will be sent and will live in BC and run those subsidiaries. So we're not looking for um, people that would be just satellite employees. We're looking for key staff, uh, senior management, founder, CEO, as as you mentioned, Gina. So that's very important. And they need to be full-time based there. And what is the most important aspect of those employees? They need to have high salary. Salary needs to match their position. So BCPNP people will be looking for people that will pay tax. That's the reality. They want people that will have high salary and pay high tax. We're looking for high value jobs, high values employees um, in, through this program. So it's very important that people keep that in mind. What's the minimum investment for this program, Gina? 500000 Correct. And I always say, don't think you can apply with $500,000 investment and think that you will have full attention of the BCPNP employees. I believe, based on my conversation with them, that you should look into aim at minimum a million dollar Canadian dollar, and it can go up to $20 million. If you come up with a project that will really have high five, 10, $20 million investment, you will be taken seriously and, and be considered faster. And Gina, yep. I do have a question for you. Why would they, on your website, the, the minimum requirement investment, but actually they do prioritize people with higher investment? Um, I have... I have two theories about this. They don't want to make it look like the program is too difficult to reach. So people don't apply. And by putting the bar lower, they also see project that would have lower investment, but better uh, impact on industry they want to develop. So they don't want to limit themselves. They want to receive the cases um, and they want to make sure they receive enough cases. But obviously, more your investment, better your chance of success. Same thing for the amount of employees. There's a minimum of five employees for the job creation, but the key employee, what's the maximum? Create at least three new jobs with Canadian citizen and um, for each proposed key foreign employee. So this is very important. You can bring five new employees with the significant investment, right? That's very important. We didn't mention that in the French version. We have obligations to create three jobs for each employees and a maximum of five. So that will be 15 jobs. If you want to reach total, it's 15 jobs. But of course, if you're proposing to create hundreds of jobs, the BCPNP teams will take you a lot more seriously. Just like the original programs, uh, 
Tell me a little bit about the step-by-step and the aspect of this program that is really oriented towards the business process of meeting with the BCPNP staff and and, and getting your admission uh, submitted. Unlike the the regional um, PNP, this one, uh, it is optional, but you could make an exploratory visit to British Columbia to essentially explore and learn about the opportunities that are offered and the business environment. And then the company should be able to contact the BCBNP just to discuss the business proposal, just to see if, if it aligns with the requirements and also you know, you need to express your interest in applying with all the requirement documents, and then you will actually receive the invitation to apply. So just like Mike Shad said, it's not an easy application. You need to submit your application and then authorized officers will look at it, look through it, and, and they will choose to give you a work permit if you do meet the requirements. And just like the others, PNP, you'll have to establish your business and then it comes to the nomination. Exactly. So there's a big, big aspect of meeting BCPNP, building the case. It's a business propositions and we're really happy on we have at Frontier Immigration help candidates to apply for these programs. We're happy to provide services in that sense. They are the sponsor of that podcast and I'm the president of Frontier Immigration where we can really help people to get the business proposition online. And we can also um, support through venture capital funds, angel funds, based in Vancouver, there's a team at Well-Funded Enterprise that does sponsor and help and invest with immigrants in the Vancouver region in order to create real economic impact, create jobs in Vancouver. And and we're really proud of the work we've done over the years um, to help people to apply through the significant investment project. This program remain open. And uh, Gina, it's, it's, it's available. Yes, it is. Fantastic. So I love the significant investment program because it has real impact on jobs, on economy. And this is what we want. People coming through this program will pay tax and um, we think it's good for Canada. So thank you so much for being with us at The Moving Project. It was a great pleasure talking with you, Gina, about immigration to British Columbia and those economic project and program that have an accessories to immigration. Thank you so much and see you soon on the next episode for the territories of Canada. Thank you very much and have a nice day. 